Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and the Eagles are back in town as Phase 1 of OTAs is underway here in Philadelphia, and the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 98. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with NBC Sports and Roto World NFL draft analyst Josh Norris to talk about the defensive end position. What does Josh look for? Who stands out to him on film in this class? How would those players fit in Philadelphia? Josh and I hit on all of that and a whole lot more before we get to my scouting report on a player that Josh has mocked to the Eagles in his most recent mock draft. You'll find out who that is near the top of that interview. But before we get into all that, let's not waste any time. Let's talk about all of these edge rushers in what I think is a pretty deep group in the NFL draft with my good buddy Josh Norris. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Very happy to be joined for the very first time here on this show, NBC Sports and Roto World NFL Draft Analyst Josh Norris. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Norris. Josh, uh, we've talked to you on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA numerous times, but I had to wait until episode 98 to bring you on to this show. (laughs) So welcome. Appreciate you coming on. You have way too many shows. Like, I can't even – I thought I appeared on all of them by, like, three times already. Yeah. <laughs> well, you tell me about it. But but here we are. We're, I think today it's it's nine days away from the 2017 NFL Draft. Uh, you and I are up to our ears and trying to produce as much content as possible. But uh, I think that you caught the attention of Eagles fans everywhere when this week in your most recent mock draft you mocked – Missouri defensive end Charles Harris to the Eagles with the 14th pick, a player that I'm a huge fan of. I know you are a big fan of. Explain, Josh, to the masses why you are a big fan of Charles Harris and why you think he's worthy of a top 20 selection. Yes, let me defend myself from the pitchforks that came out this week. Um, look, I, I first of all, let me talk about him not being a reach, okay, and the term reach. I mean, I understand that in media evaluations and media rankings, we have our own set of prospects. Um, but who is to say that NFL teams do not consider him a top 10 selection, a top 12 selection? I bet many do. So Charles Harris would not be a reach at number 14. Um, what I love about his game, and specifically with Jim Schwartz's defense, you know, in those wider alignments, Charles Harris is one of the most explosive edge rushers in this class. And he has a primary move. He has a power punch in terms of getting up the field winning within three steps and turning the corner with flexibility and bend. And then once the offensive tackle compensates for that, he has an outstanding counter move, which is his inside spin move. And really as pass rushers, you only need two pass rushing moves to be consistent. And after Charles Harris improved on his horrible combine with a very good pro day or a solid pro day, I should say, um, I became much more comfortable with his evaluation. And I think you can never have too many pass rushers, and I think his fit at number 14 would be up there. How do you compare, Josh, when you look at at what Charles Harris can bring to the table to the other defensive end that has really been kind of mocked alongside Harris throughout the process, and that's Derek Barnett from Tennessee. How do you view those two guys in a vacuum, and how do they compare to each other apples to apples? Yep, it's it's, it's a 
great question. And, and I know Derek Barnett had a ton of production in the SEC, but to me it's how they get production, um, how, how that production was achieved on the field. And I like Derek Barnett, but I think Derek Barnett's ceiling is as a secondary pass rusher on an NFL team. Um, I think he has very good bend for his size, and I think he has an outstanding motor. Um, but is he going to win consistently in those first three steps, which are pivotal for a pass rusher? I'm going to say no. I don't think you can consistently beat left tackles like that in the NFL, especially ones who are athletic that can, you know, mirror and occupy him on the outside. But, again, he has very good bend, and he uh, has a great motor. So I think he's going to, again, be a secondary rusher and rack up a ton of coverage sacks. But if we're talking about individuals isolated in one-on-one situations, I think Charles Harris's ability tops that at Derek Barnett. Josh, as we sit here today, and I'm going to hold a, a gun to your head, as we sit here today, how many defensive ends, how many edge guys go off the board in the top 15 of this draft? Ooh. Um, okay, so one clearly is Miles Garrett. Two clearly is Solomon Thomas. Um, I think there's a question on if teams view Jonathan Allen as an edge or a defensive lineman, but let's include him in this discussion. I think Derek Barnett, so that's four. Charles Harris is five. Now, there's also a question maybe Hassan Reddick could go there. And Hassan Reddick has pass rushing skills and in some situations might line up on the edge as well. Um, I, I would say that those are the top names and the most likely ones. But then, I mean, in picks 15 through 32, we could have a few more. Um, but I, I would say maybe five or six, just depending on um, the designation that a team believes they can get most of the pass rushing success. Um, on the outside. And I think that's a, a major question for you. And I don't know about you, but that's a major question with me with Jonathan Allen and Solomon Thomas if they can stay on the edge in every single situation. Yeah, and that's honestly, with both guys, I view them as better interior rushers. And, and whether they play you know, outside in base and you know, it's first and 10, and okay, maybe you're going to have him outside, uh, especially against the heavy personnel. I think both guys, and I count them with my interior players, both even Solomon Thomas at you know, sub-275, I think with his skill set, I think he projects better inside in the NFL. That's why I've, I've always kind of counted him, regardless of how he tested uh, with, with the interior guys. He, he's kind of a, a special case. We, just, we haven't really seen guys with his skill set and his body type and his athletic profile really come out and, and be projected at a number of different spots. Yeah, and, and, and testing the 93rd percentile. And, and it's odd because it seems like there's a divide between Solomon Thomas and Jonathan Allen. Um, but theoretically, they would play the same role on a lot of teams. Now, I, I, I would prefer Solomon Collins on the outside long term. But, friend, I think you saw him like in a hundred, on 100 snaps out there on a regular basis. Um, so, again, it's not necessarily a negative, right? Creating pressure is creating pressure, and the closest um, distance to a quarterback is from the interior. But if you're going to draft an edge rusher to be an edge rusher, you better think he can play on the outside. And so if you draft one of these guys, you still need another player to fill in for them on the outside in pass rushing situation. I think it's going to be really interesting just to see where all those two players get drafted and then how they're utilized because, uh, like I said, both of them very, very interesting in terms of their total package, their total skill set. Josh, let's talk about the, the edge rush position, position in general and what you value at the position. Over the last few weeks, you know, we had Matt Williamson on a few weeks ago to talk about what he values at wide receiver. We had Dane Brugler on two weeks ago, our, our buddy from CBS, to talk about the cornerback position. So I wanted to bring you on to talk about 
pass rushers, as those are kind of the three needs that people have really pegged for the Eagles in this upcoming draft. What do you look for in pass rushers? What kind of sets certain players apart for you from others throughout the process? Yeah, and Matt was a great guest to have on. I'm not so sure about Dane. Um, but with the edge rushing spot, I kind of mentioned it before. Um, look, it, I understand college production and people's infatuation with it, practice for law, sacks, but it really is dependent on how those um, statistics and pieces of production were achieved. Um, we've seen a number of successful pass rushers in the SEC fail or not live up to expectations in the NFL. Um, go back to Jarvis Jones. Um, it, it really, and I think a big part of it, Fran, is we know how horrible the tackle play is league-wide across the league and how horrible the depth is. And then just think about that at the college level. And really, the edge rushing spot is one of the true one-on-one matchups on a football field. I understand that times there's a chip from the running back at times, there's a chip from a tight end or a double team. But in many situations, it's a one-on-one alignment. And I, I think that athleticism does matter because it gives you a, a leg up in those advantages. So, look, everyone talks about hand use. I think bend is critical. Like I said, winning in three steps is critical. Um, but I would also suggest hips. And people don't talk about hips a lot in terms of pass rushing and interior defensive line play. But once your hips escape an offensive lineman, you're free. You're home. You can get past him. You can't block you unless he wants to hold you or push you from behind. So um, kind of a combination of all that. And, again, athleticism to me is very critical of that edge rushing spot as well. What are the, one of the things that I've always kind of picked up over the last few years, and, and it's something that I talk about on this show, I talk about in a number of different spots, is – pass rush plan you know a guy's ability to string multiple moves together is he going to be uh, be able to counter once he's initially blocked you talked about that with Charles Harris earlier in the show about how when he's blocked outside when he goes high side and tries to win with his speed rush he's got that ability to counter with that spin is that something that you think is something that can be developed over time and taught or do you think guys just kind of have a knack for that and it's something that if he doesn't have in college he doesn't really go. He's not really going to develop that in the NFL based off what you've seen in history. Yeah, I think there are um, examples of both. I really do, and I, I think any time that you hear about Dwight Freeney being mic'd up on the sideline, saying, "Oh, I'm hitting him with this outside move," watching this inside move on the next series, uh, you see it in practice. You know, um, and I, I think Charles Harris could be very similar in that regard. Um, you know, I talked to Chris Canty a lot in previous draft seasons, um, and he always talks about pass rushing. Um, the shoulders and the edges, not necessarily going through someone's chest. Um, and that's something that these, these college players need to understand as well. But, yeah, uh, um, ha- ha- having a plan, like you put it, is absolutely. Um, and, and being fluid in those movements is absolutely critical. And, friend, I would actually add um, having backfield vision is important as well because a lot of these edge rushers kind of get washed down once they're engaged or blocked or take themselves out of play. But if you have backfield vision and understand where the football is, you put yourself in better position more often to make a play on the football and shed on time as well. How much value, Josh, and this will be the last question for you in terms of the overall valuation of, of these edge players, how much value do you place on a, a player's ability to defend the run at a high level in terms of college and then projecting that to the NFL? Yeah, and look, I am not a coach. So I don't have to put people on the field and depend on them and, and be responsible for them. But I, I would say run defending, if we're talking about pass rushing, 
or a pass rushing position is low on the list. Um, I think you can find run defenders almost to set the edge and hold the edge. Pass rushers are tough to come by. Um, and, and now in, in the league that I think throws 60-something percent of the time, maybe not for every team, but if we're talking about averages here, uh, then getting after the quarterback and disrupting is, is critical. And, and it's not just holding the line-to-line of scrimmage anymore. I think pass rushers and that mentality to get upfield can also work in your favor as a run defender um, if, if you have backfield vision. Because if, if you are able to reset the line of scrimmage two or three yards backwards and then hold your position and understand it's a run, then I think it's great. And I think pass rushers have a leg up in this situation. Like you mentioned earlier, we're talking six, seven, eight potential pass rushers in the in the first round. You look at all the corners, you look at all the receivers, all the pass catching tight ends, uh, left tackle value, pass catching running backs. It, it, it is a passing league, and, and you see the value that is placed on all these positions. Josh Norris, you can follow him on Twitter at Josh Norris. Check out his most recent mock draft, Missouri defensive end Charles Harris. Not many people talking about Harris uh, and his potential in the top 20. Josh, appreciate the time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We will talk to you soon. Absolutely, friend. And anytime you create another show, just put me on. Great stuff from Josh. And again, you can follow him just like I do at Josh Norris. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know, I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go on iTunes or Stitcher, give us a rating, and leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout out to Ryan Field, who left a comment on our Libsyn page. And Ryan asks, has the hate gone too far on Tease Tabor, the cornerback from Florida? What round would he be a good value at at this point? Well, Ryan, I think at this point with Tease, a lot of the buzz has him going day two, you know, round two, round three. Ultimately, it's going to come back to a team's initial evaluations of him. You know, I didn't expect him to run in the low four fours based off what I saw from him on film. I expected him to be in the low four fives because that's how he plays. Now, he couldn't break four six three between his combine performance and then the pro day. So the question is, how do you factor that in? He ran a full tenth of a second slower than what people expected. We just posted a Meet the Prospect video late last week on Tabor on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Shared my overall thoughts on him. That segment is continuing to heat up. I think we had Dark Barnett this week, Christian McCaffrey, Corey Davis. I plotted these all out like two months ago, and now all these top players are getting a lot of buzz with the Eagles, so it's really exciting. Make sure you check that out right now on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. But I went and I did that film breakdown on Tabor, and overall, I think he's a really talented player. He's instinctive. He's quick. He's got good ball skills. He plays with an edge, even though he's not the greatest tackler in the world. I do think he's got to improve there. But he has the traits for a starting NFL corner. You know, I'd expect him to go off the board sometime, we'll say pick, say, 45 to 70, somewhere on day two. So thanks, Ryan, for all of your continued support of this show and all of the rest of our podcast offerings over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I mentioned the Meet the Prospect series has hit full swing. Our film room series with myself and Greg Cosell, we are breaking down positions every other day here on the website. You can check out some of the other content. OTA started. We had Doug Peterson, some insight from his first meeting with the team when they got back here in Philadelphia. So check that out. A ton of a ton going on here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We've got a great journey to the draft podcast this week presented by AAA. So make sure you're t- checking out everything we've got to offer on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. All right, let's keep this show going. I told you earlier that I would get to my notes on a really intriguing prospect that Josh has mocked to the Eagles. At this point, if you've been listening, you know it's Missouri defensive end Charles Harris. Let's get to my notes on him now in our scouting report. 
Dim those lights, we're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so Charles Harris, 6'2 and 3 quarters, 253 pounds. He came out as a junior this year, second team All-SEC each of the last two years. He almost entered the draft last year, but decided to go back for his junior season. Didn't play football until his junior year of high school, so that could be one of the reasons why. Wanted to get a little bit more experience under his belt, so he's only been playing for the last few years. He was an all-league basketball player. He's got a boxing background from when he was younger. His story is actually really cool. I encourage you to go back and read up on him. But when you look at Harris, I mean, he's a two-year starter now uh, for Barry Odom in that 4-3 scheme. He lined up in a three-point stance and a two-point stance, lined up out wide as a nine technique, also as a seven. Saw more time inside this year. It was a little bit of a change in scheme this year as a junior. He did a little bit more reading. And so you just saw, you saw last year as a sophomore in 2015, it was attack, attack, attack. And you got to see him get upfield and get after the quarterback. This year, a little bit more reading from him. So he had to adjust. But Really, really intriguing guy. He sat behind some former NFL, or future NFL players, Shane Ray, Marcus Golden, when he was a freshman. So he got to develop a little bit as a pass rusher. And you could see he wins off the ball because of that strong first step and his snap anticipation. Josh talked about his ability to get upfield, and he is a twitchy kid with quickness, burst, lateral agility to generate pressure on his own. He displayed the flexibility to bend the edge and accelerate running the hoop. So what's that mean when you see that quarterback or that defensive end turn the corner and on his way to the quarterback. Charles Harris has the ability to do that and accelerate while he's making that turn. He flips his hips towards the quarterback. He does that as well as anyone in this class. He's very skilled with his hands as a pass rusher. You, know, you can see that boxing background where that comes into play. His go-to move is that spin move that he can work both inside and outside, but he's also skilled with a club rip move. I've seen him win with a swim. I've seen him win with his hand swipe, a chop move. He's got an inside counter. He's great on stunts. He's got a long arm move. He can win with a bull rush. I mean, he's very effective going speed to power as well at his size, and he played at 230 and change as a, as a junior this past year, and now he's up to 253. So at his size and how much weight he's put on, I'm really anxious to see him improve here as he moves to the NFL. But I like that he's got that variety, that, that versatility to win in a number of different ways as a pass rusher. Played more contained as a junior in terms of the run game, and he does work to stay in his gap, and he was asked to drop in coverage at times as a zone player. So he's got some versatility. He can play man coverage against a running back and tight end and different blitz concepts, which is always good. And he's got a relentless nature to him as a pass rusher. He's very competitive, made some outstanding high-motor plays, whether it was chasing plays from the backside or making plays down the field. The guy is always going 110 miles an hour. My biggest worry for watching him from last year, and this is why some people are a little bit down on him, is as a play-side run defender. When the ball comes right at him, I wanted to see him get stronger because he can get washed out at times judging off what you saw in 2016. Now, like I mentioned, he's put on about 20-some pounds since the end of the season, so I expect that that would help him as he transitions to the NFL, gets a little bit more coaching in terms of how to play at the point of attack. I think that'll be very, very intriguing to see how much better he gets against the run. And then also, sometimes he will go for the big hit instead of wrapping up. So I want, to get a, want him to get a little bit better as a tackler. But to me, when I see Charles Harris, picture-perfect one-gap pass rusher. You know, an attacking scheme like what you see here in Philadelphia, I think he's got the ability to be an impact player from day one off the edge. Bit worried against the run, but more due to his size and strength than anything else. But like I said, he did get a little bit bigger. So really excited to see that he, you know, what he'll look like 20 pounds heavier going into the 2017 season. I think he gets it as a pass rusher. He's a great athlete on film. I expect him to be in the upper echelon of pass rushers in the NFL when he is in his prime. Naturally talented kid, but also a very skilled player. I think he's got a high floor as well as a high ceiling. So I'm a big fan of Charles Harris, if you couldn't tell. And for more on guys 
guys like Charles Harris. Make sure you check out, again, that Meet the Prospect series on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, great stuff from Josh Norris and all of you out there listening, whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And, again, if you get the time, rate the show, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. Do not be afraid to leave a question on there because I'd love the ability to answer it here on the podcast. If there's ever anything specific you want me to hit on in depth, I will absolutely take requests from all of you out there. So wherever you listen, just go shoot us a comment wherever you listen to the show. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.